Welcome to the Packer Mentality Podcast. Yes, new name. Where we would discuss Packers news, roster decisions, and when the time comes, actual games. My name is Patrick Corrigan, and I'm your host. I am also a Packers shareholder. I'll give my take on what the Packers should do and react to what they actually do. You can also find and follow me on my new Twitter handle, at Packer Mentality. Please bear with me as I'm a one-man show and just getting started. I would also greatly appreciate it if you could like and hit the follow button to be alerted when I upload a new episode. Obviously, your options may vary depending on what platform you are listening on. We just finished with the 2022 NFL Draft in Las Vegas, and as I mentioned last week, I was fortunate enough to attend the first round and heard some of the live reactions to the Packers' picks. Let's take a look at the picks and see how they did in terms of value and making the team better. The first round started pretty much as expected with defensive linemen going first and the first five picks all being players on the defensive side. I'll be honest, what probably surprised me a little was that none of the quarterback needy teams in the top 10 or out of the top 10, either reached or traded in for a quarterback. That would have been great for Green Bay, as it would have pushed more players down the board, but it didn't happen. The wide receivers started disappearing, starting with the Falcons at number 8. And by the time the Lions finished their pick at number 12, all of the, all four of the top receivers on pretty much everybody's board that I mentioned last week, they were all gone. That's Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Jamison Williams. Jahan Dotson went at number 16 to the Commanders, but I didn't think the Packers were remotely interested in him due to his size. No offense to him, he's just uh, too short and too light. And honestly, I didn't see many boards that had him as high as number 16. Tennessee then threw everything out the window and traded with the Eagles, uh, sent A.J. Brown to the Eagles, and then took pick number 18 and drafted Traylon Burks. So that would be five out of the six receivers I thought the Packers might be interested in with their first-round picks were all gone by the, before the Packers got to their first pick at number 22. I thought the Packers had the ammunition to move up to possibly get one of those guys, but it didn't happen. Whether they got outmaneuvered, had players slotted differently, or just didn't feel like they that those players were worth the draft capital. I don't know. Before I discuss any of the Packers picks, I want to address what I feel is sometimes forgotten when people discuss or just plain bash what the Packers do. The Packers have a staff of scouts whose sole purpose is to watch and evaluate players, and they have a large staff doing this. The staff has their criteria of physical traits and skills that they look for. These people all spend more time doing this than anybody doing draft boards or experts. They have years of experience doing this, and all of this information, along with input on how the team can utilize a player's skills, goes into the Packers draft board. That information is not known to the public and can drop or raise a player's value and draft position on the board. So with the 22nd pick that they received in the Devontae Adams trade with the Raiders, 
the Packers selected Quay Walker, linebacker from Georgia. Awa was right in front of the stage for this pick, and most of the reaction I heard from the fans at the draft was one of two things. Some of them were asking who, and the people who knew him were asking why. If you watched any of the Georgia games or the college football playoffs, you got to see him play a play a play as part of a, the amazing Georgia defense. He is super athletic, fast, and he looks a lot like Devondre Campbell uh, in size. Almost identical heights, weight, and both of them have super long arms. I heard someone describe uh, having the two of them on the field would be like having two pterodactyls flying around the field with those wingspans. I didn't expect to see him get picked on day one, much less by the Packers. I mentioned last week that they haven't valued the position in the past, even if they did need to build depth. But in order for this pick to make sense as the 22nd pick in the first round, he needs to start right out of the gate. I expect him to be lining up next to Devondre and flying around the field. Now, the Packers may have seen what the Cowboys did with Micah Parsons and think maybe uh, they can use Quay a little bit like him in certain situations. If he can be a starter and possibly use his speed and athleticism to disrupt the offense, this pick makes sense. The Packers were back on the board at number 28 and probably were a little surprised to see one of the top defensive tackles still on the board. They went ahead and picked Devontae Wyatt, also from Georgia. He is another great athlete with high passing pass rushing grades who is either number, number number one or number two on most people's boards at defensive tackle. He dominated all season long against top-end talent in the SEC and also had a great showing at the Senior Bowl. He did have some off-field issues that might have hurt him in his draft position and dropped him on some people's boards. The Packers did bring him in for an in-person visit, so they had the opportunity to get to know him a little better and satisfy themselves on his character. Uh, As long as that all checked out, I think Green Bay got really good value here. Day two of the draft started with the Packers still not having addressed the wide receiver position and having two second round picks at number 53 and number 59. I mentioned last week that I expected the Packers to make a trade at some point in the first or second round, and they did just that. Green Bay packaged those two picks and sent them to the Minnesota Vikings for the second pick in the second round. Pick number 34. And they selected Christian Watson, wide receiver from North Dakota State. Let me say that I was a little shocked that the Vikings did business with the Packers, and Packers may have had to overpay a little bit to get them to do so. But Christian Watson is definitely worth the 34th pick. He's a tall, uh, he's 6'4", 208 pounds, speedster that most draft boards had either going in the first round or early second round. Most of the initial reaction and pre-draft analysis I saw compared him to Marquez Valdez-Scanling, who just signed with the Chiefs, and quite honestly made him sound limited uh, because Valdez-Scanling was primarily a deep threat. I did some research and watched some tape and analysis by people who watched Christian Watson on a regular basis, and it made me think he could be a steal. He's a lot more than a speedster. While he is tall, he is not built like Marquez Valdez-Scanling, 
and he looks like he could even add still more weight uh, and muscle to his frame. Uh, he went to North Dakota State because he physically developed late in high school, and you know, by the time that happened, uh, it was too late for scholarships at other schools. But he did play with an NFL quarterback in college. He had Trey Lance. Uh, Trey Lance was there, and Watson was his top receiving weapon for that one full season that Lance was there in 2019. But even after Lance left for the NFL, uh, Christian Watson continued to dominate defenses. While he obviously has plenty of highlights show him running past defenders and catching go routes for touchdowns, there's also tape showing him successfully running other routes on the route tree. He is very good with the ball in his hands. He can run jet sweeps, and he is an extremely dangerous kick returner. He gets criticized that he didn't put up huge numbers like the guys at Ohio State or Alabama. Now, his numbers are not as gaudy as the receivers drafted in front of him because North Dakota State is a rushing offense, and they are highly successful. They are traditionally one of the top teams in FBS and are usually playing with a large lead. I think their average uh, here their average score last season was like 35 to 12. And when you're playing with that big a lead, there's not much of a need to pass late late in the game. Uh, as playing for a rushing offense and in North Dakota, there's a benefit to this. Uh, Watson did have to block and he is used to cold weather. But I believe that if Christian Watson had played in the for a team in the SEC, ACC, Big Ten, or pretty much any other conference, he's going to put up big numbers and would be a th first-round pick. He has the potential to be a number one and number two receiver. He was also one of the Packers' pre-draft visits. I think the Packers did very well here. Now, to wrap up the first two rounds, I do think that the Packers could have drafted Devontae Wyatt at 22, Christian Watson at 28 and probably not have to give up as much or anything to get Quay Walker at 53. Um, they may have still had a chance to keep their, if they did that, they still have might've had a chance to keep the two picks in the second round. I don't think that is a stretch or anybody would have complained if that had, if it had happened that way, uh, but it is easy for, it is easy for me to say because it's hindsight. I've said, Day two continued with the Packers selecting Sean Ryan, offensive lineman from UCLA, in the third round at pick number 92. This guy looks like someone took a blueprint of great Packers lineman and just built him. He played tackle for the Bruins, but has the versatility to play guard. I expect to see him in the starting lineup very soon. Uh, if so, this is a great value for a guy that could be called upon to fill in at right tackle while Elton Jenkins heals or just be the right tackle. Main criticism is that he has short arms. Uh, FYI, if you uh, know the Packers offensive lineman, Ryan has great hair and will fit right in. Round four, pick number 132. Uh, the Packers grabbed Romeo Dubs, wide receiver from Nevada. Love the name. This is one of the guys I keep picking and I kept picking in the mock draft simulator. He's another speedster. He has a lot of experience, got a lot of playing time, multi-year starter uh, for the Nevada Wolfpack, and he was pretty much pretty consistently successful 
at that level in that conference. Big upside is he can return punts. Uh, I really like this pick. He was also a pre-draft visit. Also in the fourth round at number 140, the Packers added another offensive lineman in Zach Tom from Wake Forest. I was a little surprised he was still available as most boards had him going in the third round. Another lineman with short arms. But he also has the potential to be the starting right tackle and can also play multiple positions on the line. A perfect fit for the Packers. Day three saw the Packers draft yet another player I thought would be gone by now. At number 179 in the fifth round, they picked Kingsley Enigbare, an edge rusher from South Carolina. This is a position they really needed to add some depth, and they got great value. Reports say he has a limited amount of moves, but I expect the coaching staff can and will help him develop. He already has good strength and leverage and hopefully will provide some pass rush in the Packers rotation behind Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. If he can do that, this is a great pick. The Packers didn't have a pick in the sixth round. This pick was part of a trade that brought Randall Cobb back to the Packers. Sixth round pick to make Aaron Rodgers happy. Enough said. The seventh round, to use a Las Vegas analogy, since this was where the draft was, it's generally like playing slots. Most of the time you get nothing, but very occasionally you can get a winner. At number 228, they picked safety Tariq Carpenter from Georgia Tech. He's listed as a safety, but he has the size to be a linebacker and actually played linebacker at the Senior Bowl. 6'2", 230 pounds, with good speed and athleticism. The Packers need some depth at safety, but I don't know if this is the guy. Uh, The consensus is that he will be a special teams specialist. Uh, He was also a pre-draft visit. Jonathan Ford went at number 234. He's a defensive lineman from Miami. Big guy. He's at 6'5", 333 pounds. Some ability at nose tackle, maybe. Uh, Only three sacks in his career. Not terribly productive. Number 249 was Rasheed Walker from Penn State. He is 6'6", 313 pounds, and started 33 games at left tackle in the Big Ten. Uh, Not many many guys uh, start that many games, and uh, surprised that one of those guys playing for a big-time program lasted until the seventh round. A late injury during his senior year prevented him from testing, which is probably why he is still on the board. He needs some coaching, but could develop. He was also a pre-draft visit. Finally, we have Samori Tori from Nebraska. I apologize if I butchered your name. Uh, six foot, 191 pounds, and he's already 24 years old. Uh, so he's going to have some long odds to make the team. Packers uh, generally like their rookies to be you know, on the young side. He has pretty good speed with uh, 4.44 seconds in the 40-yard dash. He led the Big Ten in yards in yards per catch at 19.5 in 2021. 25 career TD catches. Hopefully he is willing to play special teams and learn to block if he wants to stick with the team. Maybe you should search out Alan Lazard and get some 
get some hints and suggestions on how to how to stick with the team by doing whatever's asked from from you. He was also a pre-draft visit. Uh, so if you're keeping track, that is six of the 11 draft picks that were pre-draft visits to Green Bay. If they got to meet and know these guys, pretty good odds that they tried to draft them. I made some predictions last week on what I thought the Packers would do in their draft. I said that the Packers needed to address and or add depth at wide receiver, defensive line, pass rushers, offensive line, safety, linebacker, and tight end. So let's see if I was right. Specifically, I mentioned early targets in the first two rounds could or should be used on wide receiver, safety, offensive line, or defensive line. They drafted wide receiver, defensive line, and a linebacker in the first two rounds, so I'm pretty close on what I thought they should do and what ended up happening. If they use Walker in a pass rusher role, then I look even better. But they still address linebacker, even if it was earlier than I expected. I expected day two and day three picks at offensive line. The Packers picked them in the third, fourth, and seventh rounds. They grabbed more wide receivers in the fourth and seventh rounds. They also addressed edge rushers with a fifth round pick and another defensive lineman in the seventh. The only position I believe they needed to address that wasn't is the tight end position. They are okay for this year, but I don't have much faith in anyone currently on the roster to be there past this year. It will need to be addressed sometime soon, maybe in next year's draft. That's not optimal as tight ends usually need a year or two to acclimate to the NFL game as they need to learn offensive line and wide receiver play calls and skills. They have signed a bunch of undrafted free agents since the draft ended. Green Bay always manages to find a couple gems or useful players among those guys. Every year there's also the possibility of a trade or picking up someone that becomes a salary cap casualty or cut. Uh, some of the guys last year that Green Bay got great value out of include Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas. I don't think the season would be nearly as successful without those two guys. So let's talk about the experience of the draft itself on Thursday night. Let me say first that if you are a football fan and have the opportunity to make it to the draft, you should definitely do so. You could be there when a future Hall of Famer or all-time great is drafted, I definitely had a great time not only being there to witness witness live the Packers making their selections, but also meeting other Packer fans and also fans from other teams. I saw jerseys from just about every team and a lot of different eras of the NFL. I saw Packer uh, old jersey Packers from well, jerseys of old Packer players and current Packer players, including Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard. Aaron Jones and Jair Alexander, and some of the former Packer players and legends I saw were uh, jerseys for Brett Favre, Reggie White, Bart Starr, and Ray Nitschke. Didn't see a Devontae Adams jersey, a Packers one, or a Raiders one for that matter. I met Packers fans not just from Wisconsin, but across, from across the country and actually across the from other parts of the world. Had some Fun conversations with fans from the uh, Steelers, the 49ers, and Patriots. 
hung out with those guys. And it was interesting to see their thoughts and reactions on what their teams were going to do. And, you know, also what the Packers did. Maybe it was the fact that no games were being played, but everyone got along as far as I could see and had a good time with only some good natured trash talk. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. I appreciate and thank you again for listening. Please take a moment to uh, like and and uh, follow and follow me on Twitter at Packer Mentality. You guys have a great week and we'll see you in the next episode.